hearing this? Anybody hear that? How can we possibly have the slightest idea what to expect? Well, we're back. Hold on to your butts. Welcome to the Jurassic Park Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Jost, and we're here to discuss all things Jurassic, including the movies, TV shows, music, toys, and more. In episode 370, we continue our multi-part deep dive into John Williams' score for The Lost World Jurassic Park. Of course, Caleb Burnett is back to check out, uh, I think, around 16 tracks this time. There's a ton in this episode. We've got more unreleased material, uh, tracks that are not even in the movie. We listened to a bunch of the movie as well in this one, and we've got two versions of Rescuing Sarah, which should be enough of a reason to listen to on their own. So it is a packed episode, so hang tight. And while you're listening to this episode, hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, Threads, TikTok, and of course, YouTube to continue the conversation from this episode. And as always, please check out our weekly live streams on YouTube, discussing all of the latest Jurassic news from around the world, Wednesday nights, 9 p.m. EST, each and every week. Now, next week, we complete our analysis of the Lost World score with our third installment, and we're going to wrap things up by talking about how chopped up this score really is within the film. We hear how maybe the tone of the film could have been even darker than it already was, and we definitely wrap up with the, the legacy conversation of it all and how maybe Michael Giacchino's work has been tied to this film. So stay tuned. It'll be a great finale to this trilogy. But for now, let's go ahead and continue the conversation from last week with our deep dive into John Williams' incredible score for The Lost World, Jurassic Park. Definitely. Uh, so this is uh, Fire at Camp and Corporate Helicopters. Track okay. uh, six here on this score. Mm. Yeah, I think this um, starts off somewhere with like Ian and Sarah talking. Um, yeah. And it kind of leads into that appearance from Kelly. You get like, Eddie's like, where's the fire? You know, and everybody's yeah. like freaking out, running around. <laughs> There's Kelly. Thought I'd make dinner. Yep. <laughs> It's like this 
I mean, throughout this course, there's this classic adventure style. Yeah. And then you get this. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't remember if it was this portion. I think it's somewhere around this middle area that there's um, some parts that are not in this as well. Um, but they, they blend it into uh, when they arrive, I guess, and stuff. So... But sometimes it's like there's there's not a ton to you know do there's not a, like a ton of analysis to do because a lot of it is just like percussive and just kind of like fooling around with it, kind of being a little jazzy with some of the notes and just figuring it out. Oh yeah, no, it's the this part of the cue is just like very simple in its uh, structure and formation. It's uh, some hand drums and brass and some light percussion and there's the island's like, voice yeah it's like yeah. i mean it is, like the title of the cue says it but it's like it is very militaristic and corporate and like mm. straightforward and driving and we're here get yeah. out of our way yeah, somehow they have to weave in the corporate side, but also keep it a little, you know, it's still a little uh, jungly at the same time. Uh, yeah, they, there's an they, island they strikes that balance again. really well. Yeah, the island yeah. theme is in there, and um, this actually, this I think this portion of it was previously unreleased uh, prior to the, I think it was 2016 release. sort of an augmented version of the island's theme. Yep. Yeah, so... And that, I think part of that uh, blended into, like, the beginning of, like, the hunter-gatherer sequence, because I think that yeah. was... I think right at the end of that cue was, like, like a truck goes off a, a jump or something, like their motorcycle. I forget what it was. Yeah, that's, but, that, um, yeah, that's right when Roland says... I've been on too many safaris with rich dentists to listen to any yes. more suicidal ideas. <laughs> it's right there. Um, yeah. In which, yeah, that, that's, uh, that's, that's a, a, a very simple, calm sequence, but this next track, um, I really love, and it's one that was, um, on the original score, but, and it was its own score. It was its own track. I think it was, what was it, track uh, four? Or, yeah, track four. And is not in the movie at all. <laughs> it's not in there whatsoever. <laughs> so when I'm listening to this as a kid, I'm like, yo, this is great. Like, I love this part. This is a great part of the movie is when they're on the hunt, getting them dinosaurs. And then <laughs> <laughs> you're like, oh, this is not there at all. <laughs> you know, it's like completely nothing of the sort. Um, yeah. So I find it, I find it really interesting that like there must have been uh, some sort of change. I think going on in this film where they're like, well, we intended on using this, but now we're not going to, um, and yeah. we're just gonna do some different stuff. Um, yeah. We're going into the hunt, I assume, right? <laughs> yes, the hunt. I, I did bring up um, part of the movie here. Let's see. 
So we hear this part that we just listened to, right? Yeah. So go ahead, set up base camp right here, or in a And I, I wonder how much of this maybe, because who knows? It could have been completely constructed, absolutely differently. But I wonder if like some of this was that some of the hunt maybe could have been under that, or if the hunt started right here. Stay ready. He's bringing them out to you. It'll be a... There's, there's something different going on here, right? Yeah. Um, I think they use parts from the San Diego sequence or something like that mm -hmm. underneath here. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, so... The Hunt is a great cue with great theme in there, but it's not used. <laughs> Yeah, so, um, but I think it, I, I mean think it sounds like it would work where you're talking about like starting yeah. right there and then going. I I mean, sometimes the way it happens is like they they get to post and music editing and they're like the Lost World theme just works better here, which is kind of what yeah. Happened. Well, I wonder because like this is a pretty dark sequence in a way. It's like you know it's our first in time way, yeah, seeing yeah. poachers really, or kind of you know they're they're not exactly poachers, but they're taking the these creatures from the wild and bringing them to uh their secluded place they're not killing them or anything like that but you know it could have been a, a darker vision of what we ended up getting and maybe it was longer or something like that maybe shorter who knows but this version of the hunt is what could have been in this sequence and you can definitely hear like how it would work you know i don't know if there's music under the sequence yeah there's some music under there um I wish there was like no music in the hunt, uh, in the film, <laughs> so that way we could line it up nice and easy. But I, yeah. I tried to do it a little bit, and it, it actually felt really good. Like I blasted the hunt, and then kind of lowered the audio a little bit on the film. <laughs> so like, it actually felt like it worked really well. And some of the stuff was like syncing up with like when they have the Pachycephalosaurus in their snares, and I was like, oh, this kind of works like really well here. But it didn't totally fit but it's a yeah. brilliant piece of music i love it so much absolutely um this is the you know one of the major sequences that was inspired by hatari so like you get i mean the hunt this is a great piece of music i love the theme and it's awesome to listen to but like i think it's just a little bit too like a little bit too positive a little bit too gung-ho um, for what we're seeing in the end, which is like we're at least a little bit sad that they're dragging these dinosaurs to the ground and taking them away. So, like, I think they went to that other music. The other music that's in there is like slightly more uh, uncomfortable, and yeah. You're muted, Brad. My bad. Hey, well, you're fine. It's all good. Uh, there is a little bit of music coming up in, in the next track that actually is from when they're pulling down the Parasaurolophus. Um, oh, yeah. And it is very, you know, very different vibe, like kind of what you're talking about. But for me, like, if you had put this underneath, like, Roland doing his, like, you know, the rich dentist, you know, it could have worked really well if you had him just telling off Ludlow and then seeing motorcycles fly through the air and going under the Mementiosaurus. Like, that worked. That would have worked, I feel like, so well for me. 
And then maybe around oh, here yeah. you get the par- the this uh, I almost said Stiggy Moloch, Pachycephalosaurus or something like that hitting the truck or you know. It, yeah. I think it could have worked really well if that's what they intended to do. Oh yeah, I think this music is just a little bit heroic to me, and like I don't know if the Lost World as a film intends to paint these hunter guys and Roland as completely heroic. So like I don't I don't get that don't at know. all. Like that doesn't vibe with what I'm hearing. <laughs> that, I'm no, that's like super interesting. A, a little, seriously, like a darker tinge, like a like evil raiders kind of march kind of thing. Like I feel oh, yeah. like to me that's the vibe I'm getting. I'm not getting a like a, a happy tone from this. I, like I couldn't see the good guys, the the gatherers of our crew, like just being like, let's get them, let's help them out. Like that doesn't work for me. So. Yeah, it's interesting that we're, no. we're on completely separate pages for this track. <laughs> no, I know what you mean though. I think like the tempo and like the ex- for lack of a better word, the excitedness of the brass. I think I don't know. It just comes off in a way that maybe the other music works better. But like this piece of music on its own is fantastic. It's a toy hunt. It's toy hunt. Music. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So let's see. Let's go back to the film just a little bit because oh, I know I go too far. Well, that's what happens when you don't download the movie ahead of time. It doesn't want to play. <laughs> Careful. See, the Packy's neck attaches at the bottom of its skull instead of the back of its head is with reptiles. Like, when it lowers this is a very head, different the vibe from the music, right? Yeah. Back, which is perfect for absorbing impact. But then you got that San Diego again. I don't know what that last part was, but... This is San Diego stuff. Yeah. But then we got the Lost World the main theme again. <laughs> it's a really good transition. Honestly. See, now, to me, this is heroic. So this is interesting that, like, I feel like this is the heroic theme. So, like, yeah, that shouldn't be, you know, maybe what's here. I think the other one maybe works a little bit better in my eyes. Yeah, I, no. just, I wish I could like isolate just the uh, the sound effects <laughs> so we didn't have that theme in there. But uh, yeah, that's a cool yeah. one. I, I I like to you know I'd like to know what the initial you know intent was and what maybe what exactly the scene could have looked like. I, I doubt it was exactly the way we see it um, because I just don't yeah. think the score would have lined up correctly. But um, yeah, it, it would have been cool, I think. Um, you know, sometimes I like having that conversation of like, does this fit? Does this not fit? Last time around, I know you had some uh, audio issues where you couldn't hear it, but there's some some <laughs> tracks in the first score that like some work really well in the movie and others wouldn't have at all. So I'm glad we got nothing or, or whatever they had ended up using. So, but yeah, that's uh, that was the hunt. This uh, next one is Big Feet, and uh, this one oh, continues yeah. right there as well, uh, shortly after that, I think. Yeah, so this is where the Parasaurolophus gets pulled down. Yep. Everybody's looking sad on the cliff. Yeah, oh, this is a very somber piece, too, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, great music. Listen to that. A dark theme. iteration of the island theme. And Ajay, I think, is like looking at the T Rex footprint. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, that like, like slide really... into those high strings. Uh, it's just really channeling that predator theme so much with just the tone yeah. of how they're how they're speaking those notes. You know, the predator theme does show up in this score. We'll we'll get to that. Yeah, we will. This one was previously unreleased before the La, yeah. La Land Records edition. Yeah, this is definitely extra stuff. A lot of this score is just like quiet, subtle, brooding, low strings and stuff. But like in such a way that it really tells the story, it's not just like some yeah. random tones for you know no reason. It really feels oh, yeah. like each thing has a reason and it's there for a certain you know reason. But I I love that. That's a nice little piece. Uh, again, it doesn't do too much, but it just channels a lot of impending doom for me. I I love that. It's a it's a great musical transition in the in the film. So. Yeah, so this next one uh, is uh, a little bit later on, shortly after that. But uh, we've got Spilling Petrol and mm. Morning In. Oh, yeah. We got Ludlow talking to Engine mm -hmm. and Investors. So again, this is kind of one of those tracks that's just like... It's like that corporate track from a from a minute ago. Mm -hmm. Just playing on. You know the the percussion people had to do a lot of work on this. Yes, score. they did. So <laughs> every now and then, John's like, "Hey, man, take it, take it easy, baby." You know, just like hit it, just tap it a little bit. You know. I mean, let's just uh, let's record you on a loop, and we'll put you in where we need you. <laughs> well, I think it's interesting. I was listening to Mike Madicino speak about it, and he had said that the percussionists were actually listed on the day that the orchestral people were there as well, like playing the horns and the woodwinds and everything mm -hmm. else. So it's not like they recorded separately. They probably just recorded everything together, which can be kind yeah. of rare sometimes because of the spillover of the microphones and all that stuff sometimes they want to isolate them you know mm -hmm. but uh i think that's great that they actually like had a lot of these maybe i don't know about all of them but had a lot of them just playing there with their, the full orchestra i think that's great oh yeah no i think john williams and the folks he works with like always position those musicians in the best spots to like make things sound incredible like yeah. And when you're in, when you're all in the same room playing together, like it it can come out really awesome like this. Oh, and speaking about positioning and the layout of everything, there is a track coming up that I can't wait to talk about. That you can hear the difference in the positioning and the the tone oh, of nice. the room. Yeah, it's yeah. So so cool. There's a lot of like at times in this score. There's like these like these weird like windy voice yeah. almost voice like tones that like just sort of blend through and then go back out like yeah creating that vibe the noises of the jungle
very I curious. believe we're with Nick and Sarah looking at dinosaurs and cages. Things are about to get kind of explosive <laughs> in a little bit. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> in the, just the most wild way, you know, like <laughs> the most <laughs> unrealistic way that I just don't even know what is happening. Talk about <laughs> semi wacky things. Yeah. This might be one of the most wacky things and that's ever existed don't in a get Jurassic me, movie. Don't get me wrong. I freaking love it. I, I think <laughs> yeah. it's one of the greatest things ever. It's incredible. But, like, it's oh, insane. It's silly, yeah. Hey, check it out. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's showing off that Lud model. Yep. Yeah, Ludlow's talking about Jurassic Park San Diego. Yeah. And you get the, I, you get the Jurassic Park theme. It's perfect like spaced out it's, it's mm -hmm. awesome yeah multiple variations that was kind of a darker version a little bit like a, mm -hmm. a minor version and then stuff is going down chaos hear all those woodwinds this is a case of John Williams giving them a set of pitches and saying play randomly yeah it's like it's also the precursor to rescuing sarah too you know it's... yep yep what that percussionist is playing on maybe like the top of a tom like a rim of a tom with some oh yeah with like the not not a regular drumstick but the i forget what they're called but they're just made of like little tiny sticks and you just whacking them on the top of the rim or something i love that yeah i mean we were talking about takes i mean i'm sure there was a take where they were like hey play this one on the edge or play this one this <laughs> yeah. way i'd love to hear all that so that, that is a nice little track. I, I like that it introduces, uh, I think it's the first iteration of that uh, Rescuing Sarah moment. Uh, yep. it's, it's just an iconic thing. But uh, yeah, and it's a, it's a fun moment. There's a vehicle flying through the air because yeah. the Triceratops <laughs> hit it. and like Just what? an extremely, <laughs> extremely powerful explosion that blows yeah. this car like 100 feet up into a tree. <laughs> And uh, yeah, no, this this was always my favorite scene as a kid because like it's just so chaotic, like I, dinosaurs I think... ramming everything and people yeah. running around everywhere and explosions. And like the music is just as chaotic <laughs> somewhere in there. You get that baby triceratops. I think that was just like and it's yep, just the yep. best, <laughs> <laughs> the best, stupidest dinosaur sound I've ever heard. Uh, Add that to the list of Brad Jost impressions. <laughs> yes, baby please. triceratops in the lost <laughs> world. Uh, but yes, I I love that track. That is a fun one. Um, so from there we move a little bit forward as well. We uh, head up in a basket. I love this music. Mm -hmm. It's just low and dark. And 
regal brass. You know, bit. for me, kind of like unheard even in the movie. Like I barely notice anything. It, yeah, it's there, you know? but it's quiet. Yeah. Yeah. For, like when I was listening to it, because this was previously unreleased, and I, I remember it being like, this is, this is in the movie? Like, <laughs> I don't even remember. It just sounds unfamiliar to me. So, yeah, yeah but it begins as they basically arrive at the high hide and yeah. uh, cuts out when the, the Rexes roar in the jungle. Yeah. But it could, you know, it could keep going and go through that moment and continue on. Um, when I think I think it would have ended right when Ian enters the RV. I think yeah, that's right. I, I did sync it up, and it ended right there at that moment. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> you can you can feel that terror building. I don't think this is in the movie. This is like one of the no. I was gonna say walking through the jungle, up, up you know from up above you can see them. Or not really, but you see the trees. Yeah. And a lot of this is I mean, happening can... also while Ian's like being kind of comedic too at the same time. So I feel like that's also why it doesn't work. Yeah. At the same time, because like he's kind of like, you know, all right, I got to get down there. And then he just falls. There's a part where it cuts out and you could tell like, oh, that's where he fell. <laughs> no, I can see where it would go, but I can also see why it wouldn't work. I think maybe he's doing he's tying everything right here maybe and then i think he jumps off here thud thud <laughs> thud <laughs> no it's like it's interesting with the whole uh influence of classic adventure movies conversation like mm -hmm. a lot of this music that's uh, music like that that's not in the film but if it was it would be like directly dramatically describing the emotions of what's going on like yeah. i feel like that's sort of that cla golden age sort of trope at times sort of mickey mousing with the music yeah and like but we decided not to do that in some moments so yeah that's what i love about john williams stuff and, and, and obviously a lot of composers but the way that it is so visual and you can like you know feel the tension you can almost hear everything going on it's it's oh yeah it's it's great music just on its own so yeah I, I love the idea of ian kind of running through the jungle to get to the rv to this music that's really cool like it was awesome to see yeah the, i mean this sort of fits but like i like the sound design of just him running and the trees slapping him and it's raining yeah and, yeah. yeah it does yeah obviously it works without it but uh yeah it, it kind of would have been cool, but some maybe some parts of it wouldn't have exactly synced up. But, um, but yeah, it's a nice one. Um, and the next one leads us right into the trailer with in the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> I think this would have hit when it's flipped over, maybe. I think. Yeah, I would think so. I love the stabbing brass. I love it just that foundation of percussion yeah
it fits with the rest of the score, but like I can see why they didn't use it as much. Those trailer moments with silence are really effective when it's silent. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there, there's some real tension in there when you're watching the Rexes move, and yeah, it's it's kind of better without it. Yeah. They need to release the extended edition of The Lost World. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> with the ex- with some extra music. Yeah, I want a extended edition, but score only too. I think that would be cool. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> These strings sort of feel like they were meant for Sarah, just because of some of the string stuff with her previous. Okay. I don't know where it would have synced up, but you can kind of get a vibe of yeah. what it would have sounded like. This isn't hunting behavior, Ian. Not hunting. They're searching. They're searching. They, they came for their infants. Infant. So it could have it worked, I think, but uh, yeah, yeah. it's it's kind of better without it. it you know, and, and they're definitely trying to relive those moments from the T-Rex encounter in the first movie with the rain, with the, you know, the terror with the vehicles and the, the Rex is flip, flipping things over. So, and then of course the no music in that sequence. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's just, that's a, that's a fun one. It's just like a nice addition. There's a lot of nice additions to the score. I think, uh, oh, yeah. you know, that, that weren't initially included or whatever. It's, it's funny. Cause like they went with just the sound design, which is the rain and the creaking of the trailers and the dinosaurs and the dialogue and stuff. And like the music that we just listened to that would have been under that scene, it's kind of, I mean, it's not overly complex. Like Mm -hmm. the drums are sort of consistent and pitter pattering like the rain might. And then there's just sort of other stuff aleatorically going on on top with brass and strings. So like, I don't know. I feel like, you know, instead of having the the that music and the sound effects battling, you know, they chose the sound effects, I guess. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, and the next one up here is um on the glass. Uh now this one oh. pretty good. Oh yeah. This is in the film. Yes. <laughs> But, you know, previously unreleased, it was not included on the original yeah. score, so. It's, uh, that's just funny, because you, you're like, oh, I, I know this music. I've just never been able to listen to it before. Yeah. Um, but it's like these subtle, uneasy strings that just fit the, fit the scene really well, and you hardly know they're there. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting. So it, like, pops in, I think, like, right when... She hits the glass, I believe. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you talk about the difference between using music in the T-Rex moment or not using music there, and then just going right into music here. Yeah. Because it's a, it's a more human moment, and it's like human terror versus like the dinosaurs. That was 
they're like an attraction in themselves. So you don't need to amplify yeah. that sequence. But this, we need some tension here because this wouldn't. This would have been worse, I think, without music. You know, on the oh, yeah. it, wouldn't, it wouldn't have been as terrifying. You need this when that sat phone's about to fall. Oh yeah, or whatever. Uh, whatever that something. is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shattering glass. You do get a little bit of uh, Eddie trying to figure out what to do as well. <laughs> yep. There's some interesting things in here too, I think. Base of percussion, just some riffing brass but the percussion just continues I just I love that these just percussion beds they give you just enough to, to kind of like get a groove you know you feel it you know oh yeah I love the piano here listen to this piano as well Feels familiar. Uh, like classic 90s thriller piano. Specifically 93, maybe some 91 in there. Maybe some 97. <laughs> I wonder how much of the piano stuff was like on the page or if he just said sort of like stay in this scale and huh. make up some stuff. Yeah, I don't know. But I, I don't know. He, I mean, he's good at writing stuff that feels random, but it's sure. Written, so. uh, and I remember like kind of being surprised by how much piano I heard at the live like in concert version of the of Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like I, it didn't necessarily come across on the album outside of one track, but this this score you hear a lot of piano. Like it's a very big part of the score. Mm -hmm. Especially in this scene. Yeah. Now I did want to compare it just briefly to, um, you know, this track here. It feels <laughs> very, it feels very like reminiscent of some of the same moments i think uh let's see somewhere around here like you can hear this piano kind of wandering and do not this piano but around here somewhere somewhere here right there it's doing a lot yeah. of that same work right yeah, it's in a low register. It's uneasy and mysterious. Yeah. Oops, playing two things at once, but let me stop <laughs> that. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, I feel like it's got that same vibe where you like. So I thought that was that was just a nice little comparison. It has nothing to do thematically. It's not like tied to anything or anything. But I just thought it was like a nice jazzy kind of, you know, comparison there. I yeah, it's got that I like it. sort of samba bossa nova 
mm-hmm. feel. <laughs> um, now there is uh, an alternate or alternate to that as well. I know the um, the the newest edition uh, had an alternate version here. I'm gonna play it on YouTube. I don't believe Caleb's gonna be able to hear it, but um, it is even. I'm not gonna play the whole thing, but it's a little bit more jazzier even. Oh no, I think. Uh, hold on, I can. Caleb's gonna hear it in just a second. <laughs> yeah. not overly different it's kind of hard to you know pick out too many differences here yeah you get that same note structure and everything so to me like listening through the entirety of the track i just felt like it was a little looser like it was maybe an earlier take or so i don't know if it was or not but um you know something that felt a little looser in structure than than the not rigid, but like when you compare the two, that kind of feels a little bit more like structured, I think, in the the version that we hear from the first release from La La Land. Oh, yeah. No, I. It's so interesting that there are so many takes of these cues <laughs> floating around. I know. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, I, I don't get it, but uh, why not? But why it's not? cool. Yeah. Uh, so that does bring us to probably one of the best parts of the score. And that is uh, rescuing Sarah. So let's just get into it because yes, it's great. It's a one of the best one. One of the best Jurassic cues of any Jurassic before. <laughs> Again, it's it's that same like percussive bed of you know just bumbling around on some some drums and then a lot of random stuff happening around you. But like it's so more refined and honed in and so good oh my god oh yeah so the the percussion is just relentless and punching and almost feels random and chaotic and all over the place and it just continues and continues and continues and it's i don't know it's the pacing of this scene is perfect and it's in large part because of the music yeah now while listening to mike medicino talk he did mention that this version here uh, was this is the extended version so you know they had to go ahead and like retitle a lot of these things just to kind of skirt around some rights issues and things like that that i was okay. listening to him talk on on our podcast about like how to deal with all those rights and, and you know who to talk to and who to get you know the authorization from it's actually pretty interesting um yeah but like the initial one was just called rescuing sarah so they had to name this one the extended version um and then there was a, another release which we'll listen to in a second that is like an alternate takes but this one specifically i believe was take takes three and four of the recording session so like okay so it, you know they did take one they did take two and this was a mix they edited together i think three and four okay you got so much good aleatoric brass and mm-hmm the percussion just still coming in and out all over the place and those squeaking woodwinds that are that just sort of add to the uneasiness and the jungle i mean it sounds like some sort of jungle noise or something but it just adds to the uneasiness and the rant the chaotic nature of this music 
So you got that constant percussion bass, but then you have all these other instruments coming in and out at will, <laughs> chaotically. Yeah. So the original one was four minutes long on the original uh, yeah. score, and then they updated it to five minutes and ten seconds. Um, mm-hmm. And then the most recent, like, alternate version is uh, right around that same point as well, five minutes and seven seconds. We're climbing and then we fell <laughs> right there <laughs> with that just strong brass right there. Yeah. Lots of good timp like hard timpani and bass like bass drum with those footsteps again. Yeah, you, this is like the impending doom. You've got the yeah. the chimes, the bells, like just the bells, ringing yeah. out like. Yeah, this is doom. It's exa- exactly what you said. This is doom. <laughs> I love how how much it attacks here. More random instrument sections all together. I think it's clear what happens here. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, Eddie. You know, go up high with the brass, and Eddie also goes (laughs) pretty high. Not high enough. Musical musical painting going on there. Yeah. Biting height. <laughs> but I, I love this resolution though. It's it's this is classic golden age oh, yeah. resolution. These sweeping strings and I love that it it ends in a way where like <laughs> it's it's triumphant but also just not it feels kind of wrong and it feels you know problematic and that's because the bad guys are here to save you, you know? <laughs> yeah it's the there's the wide shot of like everybody there yeah. it's, it's just so classic adventure film uh, to me because like you have this just almost it's it's not it fits perfectly to me but like it's almost this overly dramatic conclusion to this with the sweeping strings and the brass and everybody's coming in and but it still sort of feels a little bit dark and so it's it's great yeah so i do want to uh let's i I just want to revisit it one more time i just feel like it's worth it because (laughs) we've got uh, a new version which is an alternate take and apparently take number one the like the very first take of this track yeah and i feel like it shows like but like at the same time (laughs) it's just so cool like so unique and different from something that we've had for quite a while now and uh, you know, not th- not that there was much difference between the original score and that one. There was like a minute or so, but this one, very different. Uh, so let's dive into uh, you know the the structure of it's the same, but there's a lot of difference here. Um, that's not it in this one. So like right off the bat, it's completely different. 
feels a little slower. Yeah. That, those, there's some like reverberating just that sound like dinosaur groans or something. Oh yeah, I you can you can hear the room really well. It's like very open and oh yeah. Big. And with this being take number one for this song, like you can hear the way they experimented later on and refined it, you know? Oh yeah, and you can hear how later on they were able to take it just a little bit faster because they had those rhythms down. <laughs> yeah. So This was like the experimental track. John's like, just do your own thing, babies. Like, go ahead, just hit some stuff and Hits, make some noise. I don't care. This is uh, aleatoric writing at its best. Just yeah, things that feel absolutely chaotic and pulse pounding and random. Um, the orchestra is full of action. It's action packed. Like yeah, in the music. This right here is just like, <laughs> yeah. like so chaotic and random. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, there's obviously way less structure to the entire thing. It just feels all yeah. so much more random. I'm not in this mix. I'm like noticing a lot of those. Uh, bongos and like hand drums in the mix more for some mm -hmm. reason but I mean they're perfectly at home in this music you, yeah you can almost hear like just different tuned toms hitting things like on on different sides it's maybe like multiple yeah. people hitting different of the same bongos it's like craziness all over I love the brass so much yeah Increase your rate of climb. <laughs> Ooh. All those rips in the brass. Ooh, bells. That's like, with those bells, man, you can really hear that room. Yeah. This is when the Rex parents are showing up to <laughs> confront Eddie. Those bells are incredible. Just the most ominous instrument you could choose. Yeah. Man, in this scene, you just don't know what's going to happen next. And like in the music, you just don't know what's going to happen next. You don't know what instrument. No group is going to come in and sing their part <laughs> in this chaos. There it is. Like, film music, when it's mixed into the film, it gets a lot of, like, filters and 
and things put on it to like make it sound the way they want it to sound. Like this sounds just that much clearer and like more open than maybe it does in the film and mm-hmm. that's that's cool. Yeah. Both mixes sound great to be clear. Oh, like, oh of course, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but there's something special about one that sounds this different. Like it I don't know, yeah. like very cool. And we got this, this is about the like, same. Yeah, then you've got this golden age rescue climax at the end that is wonderful. I love it so much. Slightly different kind of, you know, hit on the drums there at the end. Yeah. Just too cool. Like, I I just love how different that sounds. Like, capturing a different room sound, just so many different hits on the percussion, and then... Just adding in these, I don't even know what that instrument was. Uh, let me pause this other follow-up track here. Um, <laughs> the, the drums weren't ready to stop. They wanted to <laughs> I keep know, right? going. <laughs> oh, it's still, it's, it still will they not still stop. They still want to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, there was like that, that like, just sounded like some sort of yeah. dinosaur call. And I just, I don't even know what that was. Some sort of synth or some just bellowing of a brass or a you know a woodwind i have no idea what that could have been i think i mean i think it's a mix of the two things you're saying i think it's Mm -hmm. there's some like synthesized stuff in there but i also think there's like a lot of um extended techniques going on in the orchestra like john williams and everyone else like just telling the instruments hey do this (laughs) do this weird make his make some weird sounds with your instruments like you know, low guttural things that sound like a dinosaur. Like, I feel like they're achieving that through both of those things. Um, but like, that's like all over the score. So, yeah, sure. It's definitely more apparent in this, uh, you know, yeah, alternate yeah. take, but uh, it's totally different than anything else on this, uh, any of these, these uh, two La La Land releases. So that's that's pretty cool. I'm, I'm glad we have it. I'm glad they went back because that was only on the most recent release, not on the first release. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that was just too cool. But this next one is also pretty cool too. Uh, so this was on um, the, the first La La Land Records release and it was previously unreleased before that. But this one, this one is Reading the Map. theme park music <laughs> oh for sure I, li- I like that this one actually sounds like a a funky song the bass line you know absolutely <laughs> it's just I, don't, I mean it's so simple it's some basic uh, hand percussion and some shaker and some low strings kind of riffing around and like it's, it's so simple, but it's like perfect, like layers of music. Um, it feels know, like, out of place, though. Like it, this doesn't feel also kind of doesn't feel like anything else from the film. And this part, I don't believe is in the film. So this part, uh, you know, half only half of this track actually appears in the film. OK. Um, I mean, I feel like just the simplicity of how this is constructed allows it to be super subtle 
mm-hmm. even in those spots in the movie and so like and it also probably just fits really well with a bunch of commandos safari dudes in their <laughs> base camp you know trying to read the map so, <laughs> that's it yeah yeah they're like uh well rex just fed this stuff's playing underneath. It's like, I don't know, it's a little too funky for that, like, dire situation talking about Eddie just dying. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> this is, I was about to say. Oh, we yeah. We talk about this section right here. <laughs> yeah, I believe this it's does literally, appear. Oh, man. It's literally just the raptor motif over and over and over and over. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, I guess they at this point in the movie they actually just started talking about the raptors uh, being in the, you know, center of the island or whatever. So I think that this is when he's like, "That's not the problem. What is <laughs> Velociraptors?" Velociraptors. <laughs> but again, like some of the other tracks we've already discussed, just kind of like you said, just the base layer of, you know, some of the same stuff we've heard. But the, just, the main part is that predator motif just playing over and over yeah. again. We don't really get it a lot in this score, so that's it's nice that we have that. Yeah, and I love that it's just like over and over without any space. Uh, like yeah, it's just yeah. relentless. Like I don't know, it's it's ominous and kind of scary, honestly, when it comes yeah. to the Velociraptors. Yeah, that's a cool one. I like that one. Very simple, Absolutely. but you know, even even though there there are some simple tracks on this, I think they all have like really cool things to pinpoint in there. And um, you know, I, I think I think with this score, a lot of things, especially the expanded ones, can sound very similar. But um, when you have something like that, like the predator motif in there, it's it adds a little bit of extra you know to the you know just a regular track so and plus that funky part in the beginning i love that because that's you know it's not in the movie so when you listen to that you're like whoa it's like john williams just putting like a funk track in the middle of this boom 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 i thought it was just great i i was i was really surprised by that when i first heard it so um totally i i love that it is so simple it's like five or six different elements combining to mm -hmm. achieve it but like it's and yet it's still so effective so yeah now that does bring us to the trick um i believe uh, this is another one where i don't think half of this syncs up with the film or something it does sync up with the film but like half of it's not in there this is the trek again it's kind of um it's like an iconic part of the score for me right because this was um originally on the the first release the original score and it's yeah. just so so iconic to me but like half of this doesn't even appear so it's it's just too funny you know like but yeah. it, it works and it, and it syncs up with them on their trek but like we've said about a lot of the other parts already they just opted to to not go this darker route in some of them and just play the like the island like the the main lost world theme for a lot of this mm -hmm. um this music you know feels like more of that classic adventure where we're really signaling the emotions of what's going on a little bit this is like 
we're in the eerie jungle and we're watching out for for things while we're uh, yeah. on a journey like it's that's exactly what this music says to me yeah I um you know for the first film we had like I mentioned before earlier um, we had some like versions of the film that they synced up that somebody on YouTube synced up with the music the new music Jurassic and Park like theme right here yeah and some of them worked some of them didn't but for this movie there's so many of those moments but we don't really have that so maybe one day we got to work on like really getting these all synced and uploaded to YouTube or somewhere we got to get that extended edition of the lost world yeah first. you're right <laughs> to sync all this extended music with I really enjoy this yeah. part. Just the chords are great. And... Very, very ominous signaling danger. I don't know exactly, I forget exactly where, but somewhere around here we do get like a little bit of where Dieter decides he has to go off for a second. I think some of that yeah. does appear in the film. Got some creepy stuff going on here with whatever this was going to be written for. I mean, I, maybe it's I think, for some of the Dieter stuff, but I think if this, if I'm remembering correctly, I feel like this was like kind of around the part where Sarah, the blood comes off of the jacket and oh, onto yeah, the fern yeah, yeah. and all that stuff where they stopped walking for a little bit because they're not trekking. It's not the trekking music right now. Yeah. But it's just texture, like all this stuff. Yeah, literally, yeah. And I kind of like that. Like, I understand why this stuff is not necessarily totally, like, included some of this stuff on, like, major scores. But, like, I love hearing just this bare bones, you know, stuff. It's I really mean, cool. Ooh. All, I mean, it's all, it's all on the page from John Williams, which is cool because it's, like, he came up with all of this stuff that just sounds natural. Yeah. So. so, like, dropped out for a little bit, but it's building tension again. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the plucking of those, like, the violins or whatever, it just sounds, like, spidery. Yeah. You know, I feel like that's always the spider vibe. <laughs> <laughs> Or Bartok or Pizzicato something. is what, yeah. Bartok Pizzicato is what that like method is called, and it's okay. used in like scary horror scores all the time. <laughs> so, I 
there's horns under there doing just like whatever they want. <laughs> oh yeah, just like sort of noodling <laughs> around, low end there. That's awesome. That's awesome. I like. I love. Like I said, I love the texture of that. You know, just the middle of that. The trek is very cool, but then the texture in the middle of just like, kind of just trying to creep you out, get the sense of being in a jungle, and then that ending is cool. I like that as a built up suspense. Oh yeah, all the seemingly random noises that are being made by the orchestra are like perfect to just unsettle the audience. Yeah. Now. After they trek, uh, well, we're going to l- hear a little bit of the compies here. Oh, okay. So this was this part originally was included on the island prologue, which was like track two oh, yeah. Um, yeah. on the original score. And it just cut right into that moment there. Those squeaking woodwinds, like, that's on the page. That looks like John Williams just telling them to just play as high as they can basically (laughs) like to get a shriek like that but it fits the compies perfectly and that like is that like the piano just hitting the very highest like almost like untuned note kind of that's a good question like it could be sort of like clicking on a woodwind instrument like it could be a lot of things also because the woodwinds are going crazy right there so it could Mm -hmm. be something to do there's a lot yeah like that that noise there yeah well i love is so much squeaking uh, and shrieking and (laughs) there was that moment of the building of the there was like i don't know like a kind of tambourine sound and a tom all together doom 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 building and then fading out together i love that yeah also, the breath. You hear that breath? Yeah. It's so cool. So when you, you think for a second, Dieter got away. <laughs> <laughs> think again. Yeah. Yeah, I believe the um, the original one ended there uh, for the Island Prologue, I believe. So yeah, somewhere on there. The copies, between the copies and the copies dying, there was like different versions all split up in weird ways on the original score. Yeah. I love how every instrument involved right now is just personifying the copies. They're either like clicking or squeaking or shaking or doing like, yep. I love how it's just so chaotic and shrieking in the orchestra. It's truly like a horror score right now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And the compy sound effects are coming from the orchestra with those woodwinds. <laughs> the dramatic brass. So you the, know he's dead. It's so good. That brass. Oh my gosh. So powerful. Bum, bum, bum. 
<laughs> like <laughs> he's dead. Yep. And what I love about that, you mentioned like the compy sounds are just cutting through the orchestra there. And it's like, you can hear that John Williams decided to use certain percussion instrument to sound like, like snaps, like they're almost chomping right at him. And you can like hear yeah. each individual bite and uh, shriek. It's very cool. It's extremely unsettling. <laughs> like that yeah. scene as nuts as it is. And then the orchestra just going absolutely insane too at the same time. We talked about it, I think, a lot in the in the first movie how visual how visual the the music is, and John yeah. Williams, you know, nailed it there with the copies. trembling strings and rattling percussion and those high strings. <laughs> it's too good. It's too good. So I, I did want to play just that transition because it's so interesting. We get used to these versions of the score when you have the, uh, you know, the original uh, what year was that? 1997 score. You get used <laughs> to hearing that over and over again. So you've got that island prologue, which starts off with, you know, the island's voice. But then, mm. um, let's see, about 328 into the track. Uh, let's see. Right around here, we'll, we'll start to hear how it transitions from the compies attacking the girl. And it cuts right into this. Right there. That's that was the transition. But it also doesn't go all the way. It just kind of, you know, fades out at that first after the first attack on Dieter. And then it, the track just ends there. So it's so yeah. it's so interesting just to hear how how the score is constructed the first time around with some things included, some things not. And yes, John is uh, you know, a master at uh, compiling those and uh and, and making them sound the best way possible for oh, you yeah. know a broad audience. So it, people like us and and a lot of others are just like we want all the things and would have wanted that from day <laughs> one. But like it makes sense. I feel like this is a score that called for a lot of you know a lot of percussion heavy music and a lot of music that was heavy with the shrieking woodwinds and ripping brass. I mean, like there, there's a lot of stuff like that in this score. And I feel like they sort of picked and chose the best, most entertaining sections of those types of things when they were having to like cut stuff for the album. Mm -hmm. Cause like that transition you just played, like they go into like a really active, yeah. uh, chaotic, <laughs> exciting part of the compy music. And it's like, okay, we'll put, we'll definitely keep this one. <laughs> so, I, I wish I could see like what the cutting room floor looked like for, for this score, like when it was originally produced. <laughs> Man. Um, 
Hey, Brad here popping into this episode. Um, I was just editing and I realized we completely skipped over a track that we wanted to talk about. Caleb and I were ready to talk about it, but we got too excited about the actual score that we forgot to talk about some diegetic music that is actually in the movie where the characters in the movie can hear the song, but uh, it's not part of the score or anything like that. And that takes place during the... Uh, the the trek sequence when they all sit sit down for a little bit they rest and Dieter Stark says hey I'll be right back he mentions that to Carter and Carter doesn't uh, acknowledge him because he's got some headphones on and he's playing some music uh, that he's listening to and singing so and maybe we'll take a listen to the actual mo- movie moment as well but um, that track and I'm not a native Spanish speaker so bear with me here uh, it's uh, Trace Diaz uh, and the artist is Mariachi Los Camperos. Uh, De Nate Cano, and uh, yeah, it's a great little track, and as soon as you start listening to it, you're going to recognize it right away, I feel like. It's just become so iconic for even just a little bit of amount of time that it's in the movie. I think it was just basically that part right there. Um, so iconic. <laughs> I love that so much. I'm so mad that we didn't uh, cover that right in the in the spot there because it was so good. Um, but I do also want to play part of the movie where that actually appears as well. All right, should be somewhere around here. We have Dieter walking up to Carter. Carter, I'm going to the ladies' room. So you wait for me here, yeah, okay? There it is. That's it. You get a little bit of the music in the headphone. He's listening to that so loud in his headphones that he does not hear Dieter Stark say anything. And he's singing along. He's having a great time out in the jungle here. So uh, anyway, that's all. I just wanted to pop in and just put this into the episode instead of skipping over it. So uh, enjoy the rest of the show. <laughs> yeah, but this this next one is Ripples. Oh, yeah. And uh, this is a great one as well. So this one... Uh, was originally included in Ludlow's Demise. The second half is actually unreleased material from uh, that was released in 2016. Yep. Again, texture. Woodblock. This Getting is like a, that a little wind. thing right there like, is when they turn the flashlight on to read Malcolm and Roland and. Mm. RJ. Spooky. Oh, yeah. Did you find them? Just the parts they didn't like. (laughs) There's something great about a woodblock noise or like a, a clave or something that like just makes you like think something's behind you or something's lurking it's it's great (laughs) i mean fits for the sound of some little creature out in the jungle for sure yeah now this 
this is such a great part of the score because it sounds like there's kind of like a bit going on here, but people are just sleeping still. You know, like yeah. that suspense is building, like and the terror it's that always, you, you see when yeah. you see that T Rex right outside the tent, like it's always felt like a pounding heartbeat to me. This yeah. Week. Those big hits with the timpani and the brass, it's like you don't don't know where to listen, you don't know where to look, like mm -hmm. it's just something coming at you. I use this word a lot for the Jurassic Park score and this score, but it's just like relentless. It's just like boom, 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 <laughs> like yeah, it's pounding. And, and that's a long period of time to just be doing that same thing, but just l like kind of layering and building and and going back down, you know? Yeah, that like just building the tension and the not apprehension. <laughs> Still going. Now, there now everybody's waking up. Carter woke everybody up. <laughs> yeah. A little bit of uh, Sarah in there. Yeah, rescue Sarah. Do like that. get that little crescendo again. Yeah. Ooh. This is fun. This is when they're running through that narrow sort of <laughs> passageway towards the waterfall and stuff. Hmm. Ooh, I love this. <laughs> it's like some dissonant resolutions that the, it's like uh, I don't like it. It's jarring. Yeah. Oh, and now we go into these drums. Trying to find our tranquilizer dart. Because Nick Van Owen stole our ammunition. <laughs> Love that guy. Mm 
I love this little bit with the brass. It's when Roland's getting ready to shoot. And, like, it just feels so classic hunter safari. We're about to pull the trigger. Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty good. I know some of this appeared on Ludlow's Demise. I forget exactly. Let's see. Which part was this? I guess right here you get some of that. But then, yeah, it cuts right in. This is interesting. So you got that pounding drum. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, bye. Going to a different part of the movie. <laughs> It's like, see you later. <laughs> yeah. So it, that's that's the part where they jump off the boat. Um, yeah, it, ta you know, it takes later off on in like the movie. Ian and Sarah. Yeah. yeah. So it's uh, it's funny how it just jumps around like that. But uh, yeah, that's, uh, again, just such a great heart-pounding track that just continues to move. Uh, too cool. So there is there is actually a a different version. So that was from the first La La Land release. And then there was a second La La Land release that actually was like just a tad shorter, four seconds shorter. Um, and it is titled like the film version because they have to title them a little bit differently. Um, there's yeah. not really enough of a difference to showcase. I, I was listening back and forth and yes, there's like some slight differences, I guess, but I was like, I don't know. It's not worth playing the entire track again. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah. That, that track is a good demonstration of like John Williams tailoring the music exactly to what the scene needed in the end. And yeah, there's some music editing going on there too, but like just the different styles and like articulations that the instruments are uh, performing like in different spots there. Like, it, and it's, that scene, there are so many different like locations and people involved mm. in that scene and things yeah. going on. And like the, the music just weaves in and out and fits it perfectly. So, so speaking of weaving in and out, we have the long grass here that we're going to weave in and out of. Oh yeah. This is definitely the long grass. Isn't it funny that like some of this music that we have now that was unreleased isn't it funny that a lot of the stuff that was unreleased is like stuff that we subconsciously like don't remember as much because it like fits these scenes so well well yeah this like, well this one was actually on originally on um hammond's plan but it transitions oh yeah 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 somewhere but i i agree like i mean that last you know, cue as well like the chase stuff too but yeah there's yeah there's some things where like we know some of these so well, and we've always wondered, like, where are they? Why can't I hear them? But then some of them, I'm like, what? What in the world is this? I feel yeah. like I've never heard this before, but yet it is. Like, I forget which track specifically, but there's one. I'm like, I don't even think I've ever heard this, but it is in the movie. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> this music is fantastic with... Mm -hmm the raptors slowly rising up out of the grass and yeah stalking them and like it's this just slow sort of rambling menacing thing you'd think i mean it it speeds up as the scene speeds up but like at the start here it's just sort of this ambling 
we're going through the long grass and yeah we shouldn't be doing this <laughs> but and i like uh apparently like the original title like william's title for this was steiner in the grass so oh perfect yeah yes. referencing you know the music that we played at the beginning which is the the yep. kong music and you know I, I remember it sounding basically just like this so absolutely yeah it does <laughs> And I know on the original score with the Hammond's Plan version of this track, it originally cuts out like right around here somewhere. Right here, maybe. I think it cuts right there. Yeah, well, that (laughs) actually, you know what I'm thinking? I might be misremembering the actual placement. Because like, I, I write this stuff down and I'm like, yeah, but wait, which order did it come in? Was that like, kind of like the copies thing? Was <laughs> yeah. it like, was it in the middle or was it at the beginning? I don't even remember. So let's, uh, let's take a listen because that was part of Hammond's plan, which, okay. So it was yeah. obviously the second half, right? So this is the yes. plan. They're getting everything set up. So then let's skip ahead to right around here. Oh, we just got Ian Malcolm. He's, he wants to save the day, Heroically. right? Yes. But then we cut into doom gut doom gut. It's like he's I mean, it's like he's going on his expedition. Yeah, like like thematically this has no ties to anything that just came before it. So it's kind of weird. Sometimes like like on the last score there was like, well, this this references a raptor and then later on there's like reference to a raptor. So let's mash those two together. Like that makes sense, but this, I'm not sure what the thematical tie is. If any, I guess they just, I don't know. I have no idea. It just sounded I good mean, together, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's literally like the beginning and the end of the movie, almost. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny that they chose to do that, but I, hey, I'm for it. As long as it gives us more score, you might as well. Um, so that is, yeah, that's the long grass, and um, that brings us to finding camp jurassic uh oh don't play it from the original so let's let's keep going from the uh the other one life will not be contained life breaks free it expands to new territories and crashes through barriers painfully maybe even dangerously but uh oh there it is there it is i'm i'm simply saying that life uh finds a way That'll do it for another episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. We appreciate each and every one of you for listening to this episode and for sharing in that love of the Jurassic franchise and more specifically the Lost World and the score. I I really hope you dig these episodes. We have so much fun putting them together and um, they are really like a passion project for us to kind of research everything and dive so deep into them and just you know, envelop ourselves in the music. And I really hope you enjoy that and I hope it comes across as well. So if you dig this, please share it around with your friends, your family, whoever you want to listen to it with. And uh, just let them know you love listening to the show and, and that would be awesome. But we really, really appreciate you all for taking any amount of time to listen to these episodes. So thank you so, so much. Um, but I got to thank Caleb, of course. Let's go ahead and thank Caleb for joining me yet again uh, for another recording. This episode was actually... Two separate recordings. Uh, we we split it up and we did 
the first episode that you heard and then part of this episode and then the next week we came back and recorded uh, the second half of this episode and part three that's coming next week. So uh, it's fun with the editing magic that we do here on this side of things. It's kind of like the Lost World score in a way. <laughs> it's kind of chopped up, um, but uh, but I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, thank you, Caleb, for, uh, for sitting in again for some more music talk and I can't wait to do it again. Um, but uh, of course, thank you to our host Post Podomatic out there. We really appreciate all the hard work on their end to get this podcast uh, running each and every week. We really appreciate that. And before we get too far into the uh, end credits here, I wanted to go over to Apple Podcasts and um, showcase a review that was written on our website or on our website on on Apple Podcasts. Uh, what am I talking about? Um, but uh, this review comes from Can Eleven. K-A-N-N-11. Um, this was actually just the other day, it looks like, and it says, uh, TK3942, the movie buff. Uh, that is the subject, and it says, I have been listening to the Jurassic Park podcast since 2022, and it is amazing. <laughs> uh, I love everything about it. I have been a Jurassic fan for as, as long as I can remember. My favorite dinosaur is the T-Rex. My favorite movie is Jurassic World Dominion Extended Edition, and my favorite season of Camp Cretaceous is season three. Keep up the great uh, great work, and I hope that this awesome podcast will live on for many years to come. Uh, there you go. Thank you so much. Uh, I, I think it will. I think it will with all the news, uh, you know, uh, regarding another movie and more TV shows and all kinds of fun stuff. There's just so many more years of podcasting left. <laughs> So I really appreciate this awesome review. It was a five-star review. That is awesome. Um, and I'm glad that you wrote, you know, Dominion on there. I feel like a lot of people throw that to the side. I see that happening a lot, but I don't know. More recently, I've been seeing more people show some love for the movie, and that's been really hopeful for me. I've been really uh, excited by that kind of response of people coming back for this movie and just saying that they actually like it and standing up for the movie that they like. So uh, I'm glad you did that. And season three of Camp Cretaceous is probably the best one as well. So awesome work there. And uh, yeah, so thank you so much. And if you want to leave a review, anybody out there, um, you can go ahead and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And I will read them here on the show when I can get around to them. Uh, this one just so happened to be pretty much brand new. So I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, that's all we have for you in this episode. So stay safe out there, be kind to everybody you come into contact with, and let's continue to fight for representation, change, and equality in the Jurassic franchise, but more importantly, outside of it, in the real world, let's continue to make this world a better place. I'm going to go ahead and hand things off to myself for the outro. Take it away. Saddle up, let's get this movable feast underway. Continue the conversation with us on threads and Instagram. Watch our content on TikTok and YouTube. Find us on the web at JurassicParkPodcast.com. You'll find today's episode show notes, articles, contributor bios, and so much more. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, our website, and wherever else podcasts are found. So please be sure to follow along and share with your friends, family, and fellow Jurassic fans. If you haven't already, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We will read your Apple reviews at the end of most episodes, so be sure to spare no expense. Don't miss our Wednesday night live streams, toy hunts, reviews, in-depth bonus content, gameplay, event and theme park coverage on our YouTube channel. 
If you want to get a hold of us or participate in the Jurassic Mailbag, you can fill out the contact form on our website or send emails and MP3s to JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. Feel free to call our voicemail line at any time to leave us a message or just to say hi. That number is 732-825-7763. Thank you so much for listening, and as always, enjoy. Enjoy.